0: Praise God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12. We'll begin reading at verse one. Again, that's Romans 12 and one. It says, I urge you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, there's discussion or you may say even a debate in the body of Christ. Uh, There are those who says that, you know, if you're in sin, God cannot bless you. In fact, they'll say God won't bless mess. Then there's another side that says, That because of the grace of God, God will continue to bless you and the Lord once again, he will bless you. And because he loves you. In fact, the scripture says, and they'll tell you this, that that it's the goodness of God that leadeth man to repentance. And they'll tell you and they are right. They'll say. Well, you know, think about it. There have been some things, some some behaviors, some things you've done, and you still receive the blessing of the Lord, and they are absolutely right. But I love what Kenneth Hagin said. He says, if you get on one side, you'll fall into a ditch, and if you go too much on the other side, you'll fall on the other side of the ditch. But stay in the middle of the road. Well, what what is God's view? How does He view this? Does God completely just forget about you? And say, you you know, hey, look, you made your bed hard. You got to lay in it. God don't bless mess. You know, after all, once again, we all have had experiences where uh, we missed out on some things because we know we were not doing right. So which is it? And the Lord wants to shed light on this topic this morning. But before we get there, it may seem as if I'm going a different place, but just follow me and we'll get back to what, uh, we'll get back to this, this question, if you will. In every walk of life, there are hierarchies pecking order. It doesn't matter if you're in corporate America, if you're in education, uh, uh, system, if you're in the church, there's some type of hierarchy, you know, Jesus dealt with it uh, even with his disciples. I remember on one occasion, uh, James and John's mother went to Jesus and said, Listen, Master, I know, listen, when, when you come into your kingdom, will you permit one of my sons to sit on your left and the other on the right? Well, when the other disciples heard this request, they were angry. In fact, they were furious. Because they were saying they were thinking now, wait a minute, how are you how are you going to try to esteem yourself higher than the rest of us? On another occasion, after Jesus healed and delivered the lunatic's uh, son, Jesus asked the disciples a question. He said he asked them, what were you talking about along the way? The word of God says that the Lord knew Jesus perceived their thoughts. And so he said, he took a child. He said, you have to be humble like this child. In order to receive from the kingdom of heaven, you have to humble yourself like this child and be willing to serve whoever who's the greatest among you. Let him serve like this child. You must humble yourself. And then on a different occasion, The disciples were arguing amongst themselves who was the greatest. Once again, and so the Lord says, Listen, the kings of this world, the the kings of the Gentiles, they 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 lord over the people, but that's not so among you. Once again, those who are the greatest, let them to be the chief servant or the greatest servant, as I serve you all. In other words, You don't act like the world It's the person who can serve. Let me say it a different way. The person who can walk in love, who can prefer the brother, who can prefer their fellow man. Now, I have seen uh, different things play out in in, in the church. Uh, I remember this one particular man of God who just a dear man of God, just awesome man of God. And God used him to do some great things in the body of Christ. And he had such a heart for the young people. You see, he would push the young people to get out there, to get out there and use their gifts and talents. He promoted the young people. He loved the young people. And you know what? The young people loved him. But he had several churches. And in his absence, the older people, they 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 did not allow the service to run like it would normally run if he was there. And so they began to. Pushed the young people aside. And, and long story short, I witnessed that the the organist, he left. Well, when the organist left, the choir couldn't sing any of the up to date songs. And so they sung the old songs, the songs that the older uh, organists or pianists could play. And then all of a sudden the young people left. There are hierarchies even in the church. And I'm not saying whether some, you know, the pastor should do it this way, this way. That's between them and God. But even when there is an established hierarchy, I've seen situations happen where i remember in in, uh, a situation where the place where I served as an assistant pastor. uh, I remember the pastor one day called and said, hey, Sam, I want you to uh, preach uh, for me on Sunday because I will not be there. And I said, OK, no problem. So I prepared a sermon and things of that nature. And when I arrived at church, you know, once again, because I'm the assistant pastor, you know, I have to make sure ask the experts you going do this, this, this. Make sure everything runs smoothly. Well, during that time, I discovered that the pastor asked someone else to preach the sermon. And so I remember when I learned of the, the information, I remember going in, asking, I said, God, what do you want me to do? What, what should I do about this? I didn't hear anything. But the word of God says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. And so I began to check inside my peace level. Lord, what, 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 what do what do I feel the peace? And so in checking that, I felt peace allowing the person, just let the person preach. Allow the person to preach. Brother Pastor, where are you going with this? The Word of God says, You do not act or behave like the Gentiles. They lord over. In other words, based on their position. Although I was the assistant pastor and the pastor told me to preach, but the pastor also told someone else to preach. The Word of God says, Those who are greatest among you, let them be the chief service, the greatest servant. You know, when I checked the peace of God, I knew that was the right thing to do. Now, why is this? Now, what if I didn't check the peace of God, not a higher place? And because I'm an assistant pastor, I deserve the right to preach. You know, there could have been animosity. There could have been tension. No part of being the assistant pastor is also my responsibility uh, for to make sure everything runs in peace and harmony and tranquility. And in other words, have the flow of God permeate that place. So when the pastor returns, he he doesn't he doesn't have to come back fixing problems. He come back. You know, everything cool. Now, some may say, well, it was the pastor with well, it. has nothing to do with me. The word of God says, as much as depend on you, follow peace with all men. And so this is how God wants us to operate. Prefer the brother. Now, I checked the spirit of God and that's what God told me to do. Now, let me say this. There was another situation where uh, while I was assistant pastor, the pastor asked me to preach. And then this one uh, fellow minister brother, he came and said, you know, uh, God gave me this awesome word. And I said, really? And he began to tell me about the word. And I said, man, that sounds really good. And he said, but God told me to preach it today. And I said, well, brother, uh, the pastor asked me to preach the sermon for today. He said, I know, but the Lord told me to do this. I said, well, let's look at this for a moment. I said, well, and I tried to make sure that I was very gentle with him. And, and I said, well, for me to do what you asked me to do, that means I would have to disobey the pastor. God set order. God set order. So the pastor asked me to preach. For you to tell me something else mean I would have to disobey the order. And God is a God of order. And he, he got my point And you know what? There was no hard feelings. You know, once again, we are commanded to walk in love, even if you are gently correcting someone. But the Lord still wants you to walk in love. You're still serving that person. And so the point is this. The Lord wants us to whoever who's the greatest servant, we got to be willing to serve. We have to be careful. Another term for sin can be really named selfishness, selfishness. We have to make sure that we have to ask ourselves some questions. Am I being selfish at the moment? Is it my ego? Is it me want to exalt myself? Am I getting in the way of the anointing? Once again, there is hierarchies in every church. What am I doing to push the momentum of the kingdom of God, pushing the pastor's vision now? Let's let's talk about sin for a moment, because the question was, can I still be in sin and God still bless me or will God bless me because of his grace, although I may be struggling with sin? Well, let's once again, let's talk about sin for a moment. The word of God tells us to lay aside every weight in sin that should easily entangle us, that entangles us. You know, when you're dealing with sin, it once again, it's a fight. It it's it entangles you. And when you're entangled in sin, you can no longer see what's in front of you. Because the only thing you can see is the sin that you are entangled with. You can hear someone speaking to you, but it's hard to listen and struggle with the sin simultaneously. Now, let me say this. It's not always maybe sin of the flesh. It could be you could be offended. You know, it could be you could be in in disobedience. But the point is, when you're struggling with different things, you cannot see the Lord. I think it's quite interesting after that passage, after it says uh, to lay aside every weight and sin that ensnares us or or causes us to be entangled. Then it says looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. When you're entangled with sin, you cannot see Jesus. That's why the word of God says, lay it aside so you can see Jesus. Now, have you ever been in a situation where the Lord has shared some things with you? He's given you a directive. He's given you some direction. And sometimes it's so big you can't just just say, OK, boom. You have to meditate on that word. You have to ponder and think and meditate because it's bigger than your current capacity at that point to to accomplish, to go forth and do. And so you have to meditate On that word, you know, I am reminded of Bill Winston and he said the Lord when the Lord first told him to buy that shopping mall, he he said it took some meditation and sometimes this is exactly what happens. It takes meditation. But then as you begin to meditate on God's word and under his directives, as you meditate on it, once again, you become sure you can follow the peace of God. Your mind becomes settled. One, your mind is single minded. And you and before long, you you have the assurance, the confidence that, yes, this is God telling me to make this step, this leap of take this leap of faith. Take this step of faith. Yes, it may sound crazy, but I have the faith because I know what God told me to do. And it bears witness in my spirit. You can do that when you are single minded. But ladies and gentlemen, let me say this. When you are entangled in sin, It is very difficult to let me say a different way when you are double minded it's very hard for you to recognize that that voice is the voice of the Lord. What do you mean, brother pastor? Once again, when you're entangled with something, you can hear the voice. You heard what the Lord said, but you're unsure if it was the Lord or not. Why? Because you have yielded yourself to the sin and that sin also has a voice. So when that sin says, do this, do that, you will yield yourself to that. And it's hard to hear the instructions from the Lord. You can't tell who is who. You can't tell if it's the Lord talking or some bad pizza you ate. You can't tell if it's the Lord talking or yourself. Why? Because you've given ear to that sin and that sin has a voice. That sin has a voice. That's why the word God tells us to lay it aside, stop it, because it will stop us from hearing correctly. It will stop us from hearing correctly. You see, in life, as we as we made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, we're on the road of righteousness. And what happens is we're doing everything that we that we know to do. But if we should allow ourselves to be entangled in type of in some type of sin, you know, we'll do. We'll continue doing what we were doing before we got entangled with the sin. We will, in a sense, move forward. But this is the problem. Sometimes the Lord Jesus Christ will tell us to make a turn. I need you to turn here. You know, any race of endurance, whether it's cross country or it's a long distance run, run and track and field, you know, it may be like the four mile run. You still have to turn, although all of your turns in track and field are left turns. But in the spirit realm, listen, when you walk in this thing called life, only the Holy Spirit can tell you when to turn. If you're not listening, only thing you know to do is continue straight. So when you get a or received a new directive or new direction, once again, you will not be if you're in sin, you will not be able to tell if it is the voice of the Holy Spirit or yourself. And what happens many times we will miss our turn. See, the Lord knows how to tell you enough time where you will grow, where if you receive some information that caused you to make some some changes. He'll tell you before you get to that intersection. See, by the time you get into the intersection, you will know what to do. And so when the Lord says make a right, you can make a right. Now, why does the, the Lord tell you to do that? Because at the end of your obedience is always the blessing. Now, let me say this. There are some times where even if you're in your mess, the Lord, because he's gracious toward us, he'll still bless us. Once again, we all have been blessed in the times when we know we weren't doing right. I'm talking about after you gave your life to Christ. He still blessed because that was that was his grace. But can I share something with you? You don't receive every blessing that way. Some blessings only is at the end of your obedience. And if you continue going straight, instead of making that right turn, then you know what? You'll miss it. Now, let me give you an example that will kind of clear this up. This is just uh, just an example. Let's say there's a young lady in church, and let's say she's been in the church doing well for for about 10 years. Okay? And let's say there's a, 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 a new convert who's been attending the church for about six months. Let's say one day the Holy Spirit gives a directive to the young lady that's been in that church for about 10, 10, uh, 10 years. Now, remember, we talk about there's a hierarchy and the Holy Spirit tells her, listen, I want you to go to this woman's house on this particular day at this time to help her clean her house. You just want to do deep cleaning to her house. Now you know of the lady, but you don't know her. Just, you're not that close. So what you do is you'll, you'll ask her, you say, Hey, do you mind if I just come over your house at such, such a day, blah, such, such time. And she replies, I have no problem with it. You're directed by the Holy spirit. Now, remember there is a hierarchy in every church. Many times there's a temptation. Listen, we don't have a problem serving those who's higher than us. We don't have a problem serving the pastor or uh, if you have a large uh, church, the leadership. But sometimes we have a problem serving those who are for quote unquote beneath us. The word of God says the uh, those who are greatest among you should be the greatest servant. In other words, just like Jesus did, you should have no problem serving anyone who the Lord tells you to serve. But many times that goes against our logic now. So once again, because the young lady, she knows that this must be God because this is a specific date and time. So she has to serve this young lady in helping her get her house together. Now. The day comes. The day arrives when she's supposed to go. To that young lady's house at a particular time. Well, earlier that day, this particular young lady who's been in the church for about 10 years, happened to run into her old boo or an old flame. And they have a nice conversation. In fact, they have a lovely conversation, so much so that they begin to ask the question, hey, what are you doing later on this evening? Oh, I'm not doing nothing. Blah, blah, blah. But then the Holy Spirit reminds her. And says, remember, you have an appointment with. The new convert. Now, let me tell you how the enemy works. He'll come to her mind and say, well, you know what? Yeah, listen, you can ask her, call her and see if you can do this on tomorrow. See, the enemy is a master of reasoning. He's a master who will reason you right out of, of your obedience to God. And so it sounds good at the time. So the young lady will call the new convert and say, hey, something came up, came up. And so is it possible? Can I uh, go to your house on tomorrow? Well, the new convert said, hey, no problem. Hey, I'm happy to have someone to come help me. And so the lady uh, does what she does, she kicks it with the guy, whatever. OK. Now. What the lady did not know was God had ordained a blessing. What do you mean, brother pastor? See, the young lady, the new convert, had no idea that her brother was coming to town. Her brother was coming to town to visit her during the time where the lady who had been in church for 10 years, who was kicking it with her boo, During the time she was supposed to be at the new converts uh, house, her brother came. Her brother is a young Christian, full of the word of God. God ordained for them to meet at that time. But she missed it. She missed it. The Lord knew that was his type and she would have been his type or he would have been her type. The point is this, the Lord knows how to hook things up. But many times, listen, your blessing is always at the end of your obedience. You all, this is the heart of God and this is exactly how the Lord operates. Many times when the Lord blesses us, we have no idea. Now, let's let's look at the example given. Was God withholding anything from the young lady? No, not at all. He gave the young lady the specific day and the time where she would meet this young man. Not only that, think about it. It was a perfect setup. The young man would have saw her in the capacity of helping his little sister. She would have been in a in the position of serving, not trying to serve to get somebody's attention. No, she was under would have been under the direction of the Holy Spirit. But the enemy is crafty. He is crafty. He knows how to distract you, but we can't fall into the distractions. We cannot fall into the distractions. Let me tell you something. The Lord always wants to see you blessed. He wants to see you delivered. He wants to see you get the promotion. He is always rooting for you. I'm reminded of of Peter. You remember Peter? The word of God says that Jesus informed Peter that the enemy desires to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Furthermore, uh, when Jesus took them, when he was we was praying in the garden of Gethsemane, he took Peter, James and John and he said, listen. Pray that you do not enter into temptation, giving Peter another opportunity to be prepared so he would not fall into temptation. Can I share some with you? The Lord is merciful. He does not want you to make the mistake. Listen, he told Peter what he was going to do, and then he tried to help him, prepare him spiritually so he'll be ready to resist the temptation. But we know that Peter fell into the temptation. But, you know, the Lord was there to restore Peter, restore him right back. The Lord said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord. Then he said, feed my sheep. The point is this, you all. The Lord is there. The Lord will always do his part. He's always there trying to help us. He wants us to be blessed. But if you notice, these blessings don't come on us automatically. Now, there are some blessings, once again, that will fall on us. We were intercepted because we're just on the right place because he's good and he's merciful. But then there are some that once again, that's always at the end of your obedience. Now, to to, to let's, let's look at a biblical example of this. Do you remember? Saul. In first Samuel, chapter nine and 10, the word of God says There's a man by the name of Kish. He had a son named Saul. And one day Kish got up in the morning and he saw that his donkeys were missing. So he told Saul, he said, Saul, I need for you to go find those donkeys. Take one of my servants with you. And so Saul took a servant with him and they began to go here. They couldn't find the donkey. They went there and they could not find the donkey. But eventually they got to a point where it was getting dark. They couldn't find the donkey. And Saul said, hey, we need to get back home. At least my father, at least dad began to stop worrying about the donkey and began to worry about me. But the servant said, well, I understand that song. But listen, right here, we're at a city where there is a prophet. There's a prophet there and he'll tell us exactly where the donkeys are. In fact, this prophet, the prophet Samuel, he has never missed it. He always he is always accurate. Well, they went and they met the prophet. Long story short, the prophet Samuel told him, listen, You hear, in in a nutshell, the Lord wants to ordain you to be the king. Ask for your donkeys. Now, they hadn't even asked Samuel about the donkeys yet. He said, your donkeys that your father lost three days ago, they are found. And so Samuel gave him a, a list of other things to do. But long story short, Saul ended up being anointed to be the first king of Israel. Now, isn't it interesting Saul left out obeying his father being about his father's business and his father. Now he's just searching for the donkeys, but isn't it interesting? He was doing one assignment, which led him to receive his new assignment. That was to be the King of Israel. But how did God draw him through his obedience? If you notice, he came into a fork in the road where he was tempted to go back home because he didn't want his father to be worried about it. But his servant reminded him, hey, let's stay on the assignment. There's a seer that can tell us or a prophet that can tell us where those donkeys are. You see, when you are assignment minded, when you are service minded, you can bypass your flesh and your own feelings. The father wants us to be assignment minded. But can I share something with you? Many times sin has a selfish component to it. It wants to do what it wants to do to gratify and please the, the flesh. So Saul ran into a different assignment. Listen, to you all remember on the other side of your obedience is the blessing and Yes, it would be great if we could run into all of our blessings by just traveling on this road called life, called life. But this is the thing. We walk by faith and not by sight, faith in God's word, faith in what God is telling us to do. If we obey the word of God, we will run into our blessings every time. We walk by faith and not by sight. At the end, other end of your obedience lies the blessing, but you have to be sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to know when to turn. You're only sensitive to the Holy Spirit to detect or can pick up that it is the Lord telling you to turn when you are single minded, sin always have a price to it. Although you may be in sin or struggling with some things entangled with it, the Lord is still gracious. He wants you to get out of it. And can I share something with you? Only the Lord can help you get out of it. The Lord, if you sincerely ask in your heart, the Lord will help you get out of that entanglement. He will help you do it now. Now. Let me give you another example. This will be my last example. Years ago, I remember I was in college and I had a good friend uh, in college and I never forget. He told me, he said, Sam, you know, the Lord told me to serve the football team by washing all their jerseys and things of that nature. So my friend, he became an assistant to the equipment coach. An assistant. Remember, the scripture says He was greatest among you. Let him be the greatest, the chief servant, if you will. And so that's what he did. He did that. But you know what? He had ministry on his mind. He was a preacher. And so God used that as an avenue for him to be a witness to the other football players. I remember the next year there was a freshman, a group of freshmen that came and tried to disrespect him because he was, quote unquote, the water boy. But before he could say or do anything, the other football players jumped up and said, oh, no, no, dude, you don't mess with him. He's a good guy. Listen. And they got on their case. Why? Because that man served them. He God opened up an avenue for him to witness to the other football players by him becoming the chief servant. After all, what that's the lowest you talking about, the, the, the bottom of the totem pole. To be. The person that washes their stinky jerseys. I mean, that's what he did. But he said, that's what God told him to do. Well, he did this year after year and he graduated. He began working at Mardell's Christian bookstore. He said, that's what God told him to work. And so he said, that's what he did. Now, his degree was in something else. But he said, it's not. I know that it's not. I'm not supposed to be in that field. God just wanted me to use that field to be a blessing to help in counseling the members because he had a desire to be a senior pastor. Well, four years went by one day he was getting his haircut. He was at the barber shop. It was this attractive young lady doing hair next to, to, to his barber. And so he's trying to talk to the young lady and the young lady says, well, I tell you, and, well, I'll tell you what, cause he asked her out. He said, why don't you come, uh, meet me at Bible study at my church. Well, he said, "No problem. I have no problem. I'd be. I'd love to meet you there." And so he met her uh, at the Bible study, and the Bible study was really good. And but at the end of the service, something interesting happened. The pastor ran out of the pulpit and he came to him. He said, "Man, where have you been? I have been looking all over for you. I couldn't find anyone who knew where you were." And he said, "Man, look here. I rem-, He said, "Look." I need for you to be my youth pastor. He said, God laid it on my heart for you to be the youth pastor. But once again, I didn't know how to find you. Now you ask yourself the question, how did they meet? Well, back in the days in college, when he was an assistant, if you will, to the equipment manager, washing all of those stinky smelly jerseys, that senior pastor was the chaplain for the football team. And that pastor said, I remember you serving all those football players. And I knew you as a preacher, but you had a good, you have a good spirit about you. And the Lord wants me to offer you this job. You see, it was his service. It was him becoming a servant that got him in the door later on in life. So it is with us. Many times on the other side of our obedience is the blessing. But we have to be willing to give up something. We have to be willing to give up self, our pride, the way people look. Listen, my friend had to give up. I mean, come on, man. You left the band man to be an equipment manager. I mean, to be an assistant to the equipment manager. But he said that's what God told him to do. And he served there. For years. But that's exactly what God wanted him to do. Didn't know three or four years later after graduation that he would become the youth pastor at this church. Full time youth pastor at the church. You all. Sin is all, nothing but another form of selfishness. What if my friend disobeyed God, say, I ain't doing that. I'm standing in a band. He would not have been the youth pastor at that church. You know, I can think of so many uh examples. When you talk talking about obedience, at the end of your obedience is the blessing. I know this, 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 uh, of this pastor. Uh, to my understanding, he was preaching a eulogy. And After the eulogy, the Lord directed him. He said, this woman in the artist is your wife. And he knew he was supposed to make contact with her. Now, y'all, let's look at this for a moment. Now, you're doing a eulogy and the Lord is telling you this is your wife. You need to make contact. You all, let me tell you something. When the spirit moves, it doesn't matter where you are and what you're doing. We know when the spirit is moving. I'm not talking about our flesh. I'm talking about when the spirit is moving. You know, I'm reminded of Kenneth Copeland. He said uh, one day he was in one of, one of Kenneth Hagen's camp meeting. And he said, and now he's sitting because it's so packed. He's sitting in the choir stand, choir stand behind Kenneth Hagen. And he said that the Lord instructed him. He said, get on your knees now. And so he said, now, Lord, I'm not trying to cause attention, bring attention to myself. I mean, Brother Hagan is preaching. But his Lord said, I need you to do this now. Get on your knees now. So he got out of the seat and got on his knees, knelt down to the chair. And while that was happening, while Kenneth Hagin was Brother Hagan was preaching, my understanding, he said, yes, Kenneth Hagan. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, Brother Copeland, God is calling you, anointing you right now. For the prophets ministry, you see the Lord. Listen, when the Lord moves, that's when you move. It can be most. Listen, sometimes it's in the most inconvenience of time. It's the most inconvenient time. But will you allow yourself to get in the way? Sin is always selfishness. Remember, Ken Hagen used to make this statement. A step out of love is always a step into sin. A step out of love is always a step into sin. When you disobey God, listen, remember, at the other end of your obedience is always the blessing. Y'all, let me share this with you. It doesn't matter how small the blessing is. It doesn't matter how small and seemingly insignificant the blessing is. The point is you, we want to get into an attitude and a posture of always obeying the spirit of God. Now, let me give you just seemingly insignificant example. This week, I remember I I, I got to work and and I said, you know what? I'm kind of hungry. Let me get some chips. Well, I heard. Something to say, I oh, don't worry about no chips. I said, Lord, is that you? <laughs> and so I went on down to the vending machine, but then I heard it again. And I knew that was the Lord. I said, you know what? Let me turn away from here. I went on back upstairs. Well, lunchtime came and I heard the spirit of the Lord say, listen, go get some chips. Now I went downstairs to purchase some chips. Y'all, we're talking about a dollar, Not a big deal. But before I put my money in, a lady said, "Those chips right there uh on the table is left. The person just stocked the machine and he had he didn't have any more room left. So he just left this this bag of chips. So if you want those chips, you can have them." You all took those chips and went on. Now some of y'all may be looking at, oh, that's not a big deal. It was only a dollar sixty. But it's not about the 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 value, but it's about the obedience to God. The Lord told me, listen, didn't want me to purchase some chips that morning before school but he wanted me to receive some chips by faith for free during lunchtime. you see at the end of your obedience is always the blessing so listen up we're trying to, we got some clear some things up now this is the heart of god so will sin will, is god folding his hands his arms saying no you're in sin i'm not going to bless you no not at all the lord is trying to lead you To the blessing. Although you're in sin, he's trying to lead you to the blessing. But the problem is oftentimes when we're in sin, we we can hear the voice of God, but we're unsure if it is the voice of God. But at the same time, yes, there are some blessings that you will intercept on your way to where where it is that God has for you. But there are some blessings that's only that you will only retrieve is at the end of your obedience that means you have to, by faith, make that right, make that turn when the Lord tells you to turn. So it just does not happen automatically all of the time. So what's the heart of God? The word of God says the lay aside every weight and sin. That should entangle you looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher or developer of your faith look unto Jesus and live the abundant life. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.